Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 105, Episode 2 of Your Daily Science, guys! Yeah. A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck Coke fuck Industries, you. as in the Coke Brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack O'Brien. Jack do the TDZ. Jack O'Brien. Jack, do the TDZ. Uh, that's it. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Give me one reason to smoke him, and he'll roll one nice and tight. Mm. Give us one reason to smoke him, and he'll roll one nice and tight. Said I don't wanna blaze here lonely. <laughs> Them zeitgeist boys gon' get me right. <laughs> a little Tracy Chapman, Chapman for y'all out there. Thank Hell you to yeah. Freddie Bidet at Flush Culture for that Tracy Chapman inspired AKA. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Tiff Stevenson. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. Thank Welcome you. Back. I'm glad you got my rider request to yes. be uh, introduced as hilarious and talented. Yes. Absolutely. Because yes, it's horrible yes, yes. to be one without the other. And yeah, we also got the ice sculpture. Uh, that was yeah. shaped in your face. So and I the hope candles, that was, yeah. kind of cancelling out the ice sculpture. Yep, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was hard to keep the balance going. I didn't realize how expensive those yes. uh, diptyque ones you wanted were. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. A little bit more expensive than we thought. Those are wild how expensive uh, some candles are. Diptyque are the ones that you cannot justify buying one for yourself. No. No. They're been, only you I've pray been gifted. Yeah. Gift. I've been gifted. And even then, you're like, I'm going to fire this on eBay. Right. <laughs> I can, just give me the cash, guys. Right. Someone will cash. pay eighty dollars for this wax. I mean, come on, man. Well, if you get the big, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I only get the little petite ones. Les petits. Yeah. Oh, the tiny little. I got. I got it. Actually, I did burn one that had a unicorn on it at Christmas, and I was like, oh, that's nice. They do smell fantastic, incredible. But yeah. I mean, is it eighty pounds worth of incredible? I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm surprised no one has just mimicked the scent. Do, right? Do they have Yankee Candle? I mean, does Yankee? <laughs> can, I mean, Yankee Candle does a great gingerbread man. Well, now you're talking about my one... favorite store at the mall, guys. <laughs> okay. uh, they should just do one called Expensive. Yeah, right. <laughs> see how yeah, many yeah. people buy it. It's a just millennial two bros. That two bros diptyque. I mean, I Oof. went to a person a person of means home and yeah. it was covered in those thick and it was like it smells great man that i didn't say what, what's wrong with glade plugins all right yeah. what's wrong with glade oh glade you don't has like some of my favorite scents oh now we're too good for lysol crisp linen <laughs> scent hold on i will say that ivy restaurant has glade cans of glades in the bathroom oh yeah so there's no dip tea oh, the candle ivy? in there yeah oh, damn. you'd expect the ivy in beverly yeah. hills right. to have some fancy shit in it yeah. right but no glade shout huh? out to glade huh, yeah <laughs> shout out is to it a special Special scent for the ivy? No, I think it no. was just like a floral. It just had like floral, a floral. arrangement. I mean, a it's floral. not a bespoke glade. I would love to have a bespoke glade. God, I mean, for shout my... out to SC Johnson, really yeah. doing it. Uh, all right, Tiff, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We're going to talk about how uh, the UK, your home country, told the Chick fil A to do one. Yeah. Get, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the whistleblower scandal. 
some polling as it relates to that uh, Fox News and uh, Senate Republicans. As they relate to that, uh, we're going to check back in with coverage of Bernie Sanders' campaign, just the Democratic field in general. Uh, we're going to talk about Mitt Romney's burner account, uh, which is exactly as uh, <laughs> as wild as you would expect. Um and we're going to check in with the weekend box office and a trend uh, that we're noticing when it comes to zombie movies and America versus the rest of the world. Uh, but first, Tiff, we like to ask our guest, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, something from my search history was just before I left L.A., I searched how to come down from a massive high. Oh, wow. <laughs> so To prepare? <sighs> <laughs> to prepare. No, it wasn't to prepare. It was in the midst of it. So listen, it's very different here. The stuff that you have, I was given, I was gifted some after I did a show at the comedy store mm -hmm. of something called Speedweed, which I think is not how quickly it works, but. Oh, wow. Um, they called it Speedweed? It's called Speedweed. I think it's how quickly they deliver. Uh, and oh, it, oh. And I'm it. not a weed oh. smoker, right? So I don't know. It had these two little tubes of pre-rolled spliffs in them. One was something called Granddaddy Purple. Mm -hmm, GDP, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, like a dominant. Uh, uh, Granddaddy Purple. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, uh, Grandfather. <laughs> I, I believe the children call it GDP. Um, <laughs> so there was one of those and then just another branded Speedweed one. And I don't smoke at home. And so here's the first thing to remember. Important to uh, know that we... If, if people smoke weed at home, they put it with tobacco. Yeah. So we're right, on a spliff, right. right? So that's, that's, so I decide after having had this for a week that I'm going to go up on the roof of the place that I'm staying and, uh, and smoke it. Burn it down. Yeah. Burn it down. So I have like two puffs and I'm like, oh, I don't smoke cigarettes. This is gross. It doesn't work. So there's a guy on the roof. I give him the spliff. So I'm like, he smokes. I <laughs> give him right. like, Please smoke. take this away from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, you sure you don't want it? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. So nothing had happened then. I get back into the apartment and like 15 minutes later, I have a complete and utter freak out. It's yeah. like I've dropped acid. I yeah. don't know what's happening, but it, it becomes very middle-aged very quickly. You yeah. know, I start tidying the entire flat. Uh -huh. um, I'm basically almost start my tax return. I'm having a paranoid freak out. So I'm Googling, how do I come down from yeah. this yeah. massive high? And then one of the things it recommends is that I chew on a peppercorn. Neil Young recommends if you're having a paranoid high, chewing on a peppercorn. Yeah. So we go into my friend's kitchen and there is no, pe there's a packet of white powder. So I snort that. No. Yes. And this is the point that my <laughs> fiance said to me, you made that bit up. And I was like, can I reiterate? I was fucking high. Right. I didn't, I just did. I a thought packet. that would like, I just. Where was it? Like it with was like the in his spices? Kitchen. Yeah. In his kitchen. So I snorted that. That didn't work. I messaged my friend going, what should I do? And he said, you need OJ. And I was like, me, like, I'm staying in Koreatown. Like, I don't know that I want to go out walking. It's sketchy. I don't really know my right. way around. Yeah, and I think also, OJ lives in Las Vegas. Yeah, so. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, yeah. A blonde woman wandering around LA asking for OJ. Right. No. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that was my Google search was to try <laughs> and come God. down. Sounds like an adventure. <laughs> Sounds like all the, the things you were told are the worst things, too, also. Right. It feels like I was being trolled. Yeah, yeah like, I feel like Neil Young was fucking with you. Hey, yeah. snort up. Uh, I got a packet of cream of tartar. In the right. Yeah. Do that one real quick. See how that gets you. She gets was it, right. 
I mean, you can snort things that'll really like fuck up your sinuses. Was it uh, an did, okay? Was it fair, a benign yeah, white powder? Yeah, it was fine. It it didn't say to snort the powder. It said to chew on a peppercorn. Right, and right. you were just and you and interpreted that panicked. as find <laughs> some white panicked. powder and panic snort it. <laughs> yeah. A panic snorting is always a great place yeah. to be. That's oh, <laughs> That's a good like, indicator. Thought though. it would like clear my mind or right. something, like like a snuff or something. I was like, you know, just yeah, in my, yeah. something just to change your. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change and then the my other, perception. The other thing, this was definitely trolling. Was someone said sometimes it's helpful to chew on something to like ground you. Right. Maybe some nuts. Right. And there were some almonds, and I had the driest mouth, and so I oh. put these nuts in. I was oh. like, it was like I was chewing on like right. cotton wool. <laughs> yeah. Then I watched Lethal Weapon three and cried for about an hour and a half. Oh, so man, is that yeah. the one where they're making fake money? Uh, it's the one where Joe Pesci is blonde. Yes, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. All I and Rene Russo, I yes. think, comes comes is aboard. Is it like a, they're making yeah. fake Chinese money, or there's a Chinese I think that's guy? Four. Who's, oh, that's, that's four. four. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was never a, get him straight. Three has a, a really line. good uh, Eric Clapton Sting collabo. Oh, on oh the yeah, opening. Yeah. The opening. I really like that. that must song. have been calming. The, yeah, yeah that, I mean Clapton that was Sting, that was. Fun. I was sort of crying when Joe Pesci thought he was dying and he was saying he'd been shot, and I was like, yeah. I could get shot. So the movie <laughs> caused you to cry. It wasn't. It wasn't just like a it's powerful all, performance, all around existential crisis. It was the oh, power of Lethal Weapon Three. I'd like to say it was the power of Lethal Weapon Three. Okay. I think all around it was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And it lasted for about three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I won't be making that mistake. <laughs> when I was too young, my dad bought me and my sister tickets to go see Lethal Weapon Three, while he took my younger sister to see Fern Gully. And we literally got pulled out of the theater for being too young. Like they, someone was like, what yeah, the somebody fuck was like, there are kids? children at Lethal Weapon <laughs> 3. And so we had to watch Fern Gully. And uh, uh, I was so I was inordinately uh, into Lethal Weapon 3 because it was like the forbidden fruit. The movie that uh, Avatar ripped off. Fern Gully, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not Lethal Weapon 3. No. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Oh, overrated. Uh, not being pregnant. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I was so on board with that. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I've never been pregnant. Oh. Um, purely because um, I got my period. Yeah, sharing is caring. Mm. Uh, just yesterday, and I've been on a long haul flight, and I always complain about it, but I realise the other possibility is just being pregnant. So, um, so yeah. So also, last time I was here, I um, I went to my friend's baby shower, and she'd been having really bad morning sickness. Oh. Part of me sort of went just so I could be for the first time in Hollywood the skinniest person in the room because <laughs> it was just all, all, it was just all pregnant women, women. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah like uh, and you know it seems like a lot of people now and I don't know whether it's because of my age and my friends are like kind of in their late 30s having pregnancies but they're all getting like super super bad morning sickness and yeah it's lasting forever so so actually you know underrated um, not, not having morning not, sickness not being pregnant. yeah yeah are you, uh, are you do you want to have a child at some point I have a I have a stepson. Oh, okay. I'm a stepmom, so yeah. I had to leave my castle for a couple of hours, <laughs> and my enchanted mirror. Uh, so I do I do I do have a stepson, and um, yeah, it's something that I've sort of you know I had to, I'm not trying, but I'm also not not trying. Right, right. Which in a way is kind of not trying. Right. Sure, but so, if you're like, hey, God, if you're saying our universe, yeah. if it's going to happen, then we'll yeah. we'll ride but, the wave. But I'm not. 
I'm not feeling positive uh, movement towards it, seeing my friends that (laughs) having them. Also, everyone lies to women about how painful the birth is. Right. Like everyone says it's going to be fine. I think that's once you... I've never heard anyone say that. It's brutal. It's the worst thing. Women tell each other, I think, like, oh no, it'll be once you're pregnant. And also uh, the brain, I think, blocks out how bad it is. Like, yeah. so you don't remember it because my memory of uh, our first child's, like my wife being in labor with our first kid and her memory are like totally different. I'm like, it is the worst thing. Like, we should never do that. And she's like, no, it wasn't that bad. And I think it's like the brain like provides a chemical to just be like, you're not going to want to remember any yeah. of this. Um, Let's do it again, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Miles, were you suggesting, like, with the putting it up to God, that uh, just like a miraculous conception? Miraculous like, conception. Just, yeah. Just wait for God to impregnate wait for you God, if you yeah, want to. Yeah. Truly. And then you have a story you can sell to the sun. But <laughs> the, I think, no, it's funny because it's funny with a lot of the women in my social group who have had children, they're all like, it's it will feel like your body's ripping open. Yeah. I've not heard Which many people is. do the papering over of like, sure, it's painful. It's like, no. Yeah. Stay as long as it's you a, can. It's an, adve- it's an event horizon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Quite literally. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, oh, did I do overrated? Oh, overrated not being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or did I say underrated for that one? I don't know. I did I? I forget what I asked. Underrated not Dan? being pregnant. Do we know? Underrated periods. Yeah. Underrated periods. <laughs> underrated periods. Got okay. It. Slash not being pregnant. Okay. Overrated. Politeness. Politeness. Mm. Overrated. Yeah. Got it. Overrated because, and I think... My Britishness was part of me. There's a couple of reasons. My Britishness, also my femaleness. uh, I'm always kind of being uh, taught to be polite and respectful. And I've realized it doesn't really get you anywhere. And on my flight on the way here, I um, I came from New York uh, earlier on, just this morning, in fact. And um, I was paying for my flight. So I got on the plane. I turned right. I don't like to turn right. Politically on a plane, no matter what, right? Right, but uh, so I, 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 you know, I booked myself into um, economy or coach, as you call it, mm. and I was sandwiched between two men, mm. and I've decided now that I'm, I'm too polite to men that I don't know. I think that's one of the things. Mm. So if I know a guy, then that's fine. Sure. But if I don't know them, I'm just going to go in with hostile aggressiveness. Yeah, because men of a certain age, uh-huh. uh, favorite show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men of a certain age, men, 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 <laughs> uh, men, white men of a certain age. <laughs> that I don't know. There's a, just a sense of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, entitlement, entitlement, confidence. expectation, right. confidence. So uh, just on my plane today, I was sat in the mid sandwich between these two guys. Uh, both of whom were so rude to the air stewardess on the plane. Right. And I was like, God, you guys are dicks. Like what, I, just being very curt or just being oh, like, like, hey, I need this, go, so, thanks. So the stewardess was like, "Could you?" we were on an exit row. So the guy in front of me just kept moaning relentlessly because his seat wouldn't recline. Mm. Oh, right. And they were like, well, it's because you're on an exit row. And he was like, but other people's seats recline. And she was like, they're not. They've, they're broken where people have been trying to lean right. back. And I was so tempted to kind of go, it says when you book, because I was looking right. to book yeah, my you seats. Know that, right. that says limited recline on your seat. Yeah. It says you can't recline. Yeah. So he was going on and on. And then the, the guy on my right was asleep and I wanted to go to the bathroom time of the month and so rather than wake him up i did this perform this kind of ballet right. trying oh, to get over like him like Catherine zeta jones and entrapment yeah that's exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> right and it was beautiful and i brushed his knee with my foot 
And then he was like, I would rather you wake me up than kick me in the knee. Oh, fuck off. Did he really? Yes, yes. And oh, I was like, uh, Shut yeah. the fuck up. And then the other guy, like, in a fit of pique, when the air stewardess came down and said, can you put your bag underneath the seat because oh, you're, you're in the emergency uh -huh. exit. And he put it, and she was like, no, it's got to go right underneath the seat. And he kicked it. Like right. a petulant child. His own fucking bag? His own bag. Oh, he kicked his own right bag. Off. So I was like, do you know what? I'm Why am I being polite? Like mm. dancing around these dickheads, these like yeah. entitled middle-aged miserable men who are sat on either side of right. me. And I'm, I'm, I'm being polite. Like politeness is overrated. I should have just been a bitch. Like, I'm taking the space. <laughs> right. You're rude. I was about to think like, first off, RIP your elbows. Because yeah. <laughs> if, especially with like, I've noticed this even with among men, right? There are like, older dudes who will try and use like seniority to like look yeah. at you and be like i'm the older guy so my elbow is gonna be right here. and i'm like get the fuck up like watch us fucking have an elbow fight yeah. on this fucking plane but i feel like that's the first thing that because i try and be aware too like i i don't want to full i mean first of all in economy you cannot fully spread your legs no. out anyway so i think the most space you can kind of have is with your elbows yeah but you got to be you know you got to be aware that there's other people next to you yeah so just stay you know fucking stay on your ground do what the, do whatever the fuck you got i feel do. like people who sit down and immediately put their elbows on the thing hostile are probably the same people who like will never admit that they're wrong in an argument like yes. it, it just feels like it's the same muscle that's just like I I win this one. What's well, just a, and overall it just speaks to a mentality of scarcity. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Because yeah. you're going, nope, there's not enough room for me, then I will clip I will take everything because if I don't, then I will have nothing. I didn't have an elbow. I was just sort of sat with my arms right. Sort of right. pinned to the side. I didn't have either side. Jeez. Yeah. Just the two of them. Hey, Zeitgang, sort of... let us know. What are your tactics to subvert <laughs> the patriarchy on airplane flights? You know what I mean? Yeah. I bet I bet there's subtle some good warfare ones out there. Uh, stewardesses, their tactic is farting on them. It's oh, like great. crop dusting. <laughs> oh, well, crop dusting. <laughs> yeah. Is that, did, do, did the, the flight attendants create the term first or because crop dusting is a time honor tradition? Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I just know that that is a piece of lingo in the, uh, airline air, industry. Airline industry oh. with, uh, I, I think David Sedaris, uh, talked about it in one of his essays. Hmm. I, di I did think about, cause I was withholding. Yeah. You know, and Should've I was been, thinking, yeah. I should, why, why am I holding this? What you in? do is you you're do not it. holding in your personalities. Yeah. Right. Do it. And <laughs> should I hold in my farts? What you do, you fart, and then you you get the other guy, and you blame the person on the <laughs> right. other side. Yeah, like, yeah. I think this guy just farted. I can't believe this guy's like, what? I'm like, I don't know, man. We both smell it. <laughs> what you should do is get like get up, and as you as I'm going to the bathroom, do it. Just then. crop dust, yeah. So they right. Yeah, so yeah. I move on. Oh, I hell move yeah. on. Knock yeah. knock. Open up the door. It's real. <laughs> Uh, and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Oh, um, that lining outside your lips makes them look bigger when everyone can just see you've put lip liner outside <laughs> your lips. <laughs> like, Go on, yes. Well, my friend said to me recently, she was like, you're the only person I know that does lip liner inside their lips. And I was like, I don't do it inside my lips. I do it on my like lip, lip line, right? Right. right. Yeah. But like either just accept that God gave you that thin lip and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Or, you know, to go get it injected but like the liner is not fooling anyone this big like bit above here filled in with all of the gloss is not fooling anyone into thinking your lips are bigger everyone can just see that you i think it only works for photos at a certain distance where mm. you might be able to get away because when you see it in person you're like they must know yeah <laughs> <laughs> all it's just on their upper lip yeah but I guess, you know, some people don't want to accept their Kenneth Branagh lips. And I feel time. like... Kenneth Branagh, is he your thin-lipped 
I, yeah. Go yeah to. Well, my mom, who's a massive Anglophile, and like I always grew up, anything that was like on the BBC, like Prime Suspect, anything, always watched it with her. And the thing, whenever Kenneth Branagh would on, she'd be like, I love his acting. He has no lips. <laughs> he has no lips. And I, that was the first time I noticed. I'm like, oh, wow, that is possible to have nearly zero lips. Yeah. It's in, yeah, it's impossible to have it's a stiff a... upper lip if you have no <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Horizontal line across yeah. the mouth. Yeah, like a smiley face. Uh, all right, let's talk really briefly about Chick-fil-A uh, attempting to expand nationwide for a while. They were like only in the South and then they spread across America and th now they're trying or recently tried in 2017, I guess. International, baby. To go international. Yep. And how'd that go? They opened up on October 10th in Reading, uh, in England, and it only took nine days for them to figure out they probably won't be expanding in the UK. Nine uh, days. Yeah, so, you I know. I didn't even know, because I would have gone Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have gone to Reading. I almost would have gone to Reading. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the, so what happened was they opened it at the Oracle Mall, and essentially the uh, like a few, like a lot of activists came out and basically said, this is fucking absurd. Like this company like has a very dark past of giving to anti-LGBTQ groups, uh, whether it's, you know, like the coalition of like Christian athletes or other things like as late yeah. as 2017, they've been caught giving money uh, to these kinds of groups. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's not why I would have been going to Reading. <laughs> right, right. Oh, oh. <laughs> to support Chick-fil-A and their awful activities. Yeah, no, right. I know that. no, right. So then after that, I mean, credit where it's due. Uh, a lot of the people said they came out that said you may. So after they announced that they were closing, the activists said we will still continue to, to basically protest outside of here until you leave, because uh, they said in about six months from now, they'll just be closing. They Chick-fil-A did say we were actually always only going to be running for six months. So like that's sort of how it is. That's <laughs> just yeah. a pop up. <laughs> yeah. A pop up mm -hmm. in Reading, not even London. Reading is like like a, this armpit bit of the M4. Have you been to Reading? Uh, no, I mean, I know about the football club, but I don't, I couldn't tell you what's there aside Occasionally, from Occasionally the Americans will call it Reading. Yeah. Well, right. we, have, Reading. Yeah. we have Reading in Pennsylvania. So I mean, right. people who but are savvy should But it's not spelled like Reading. No. Like this is. No. So. It, wait, how's Reading PA spelled? I thought, I thought Redding, it was R-E-D-D-I-N-G. No, no, no. Reading PA is also spelled like reading. I feel like such a fool. Because I know they have a, a wonderful pagoda Asian pavilion in Reading. Okay. Very they got any GDP in PA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but one of the activists said, quote, you may be closing down in six months time, but we have a message for you. Uh, you will not be opening anywhere else in the UK. And if we do see you on our soil, we will stand up and we will challenge you again. So That's credit. Credit Hell to yeah. the UK for, I mean, Americans have a, you know, we were, people's consumption habits are built on holding their nose and being like, is this bad for other, I don't know, right. it's cheap and nothing, you know. We're doing good protest at the moment. We got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Protesting yeah. a lot. <laughs> you're, you're in practice. <laughs> what, uh, are there companies in the UK, like I, I'm wondering if this, if this is a specifically American phenomenon where you have like companies with really fucked up backward politics, like would that yeah, British um, Petroleum. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a few and people do kind of, I think I talked about this last time I was on your show, actually. You know, there are companies that kind of do this big getting involved with pride, but we do zero right, right, hour right, contracts right. or, you know, certain people are like, yeah, we believe in, you know, a lot of it is on pride and you go, how many people do you actually employ? 
right. from this community or is this just some kind of like way right. for you to get some nice rainbow guess, stuff is the worst version a company being opportunistic than sort of like the figure like the person behind the company being like oh this person is like Dark a despicable and bad. human well yeah. i think we did you know and i tried for a long time actually in the uk and then my sort of I guess your morals sometimes have to be in line with what you can afford. Sometimes right. you need to be able to afford morals. So, yeah. right. we, you know, at times of my life where I've been more broke, I'm like, oh, I can't afford to, you know, not, oh, I've got a voucher for Starbucks. Because Starbucks was one of the places because they weren't paying tax. Mm. Uh -huh. So Starbucks and Amazon for a long time, I like kind of held off right. Right. doing anything. And they just sort of slipped back into the... So I guess it's you know, a we're exporting this country. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's our right. main export. Well, because I think part of shitty it, rich people. The the pattern too in the U.S. is if you get powerful enough in business, then you can start exerting influence on politics, and that's when people start being like, oh, right. Okay. Because yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we do, but people do. I mean, obviously, if they if they turned up to protest the Chick Fil A, that does kind of happen. But we've lost a lot of our independent businesses sure. to the same as here. I suppose you've got strip malls here, which I find odd that you have a taxidermist next to a bakery. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> um, hey, but you get a sick squirrel wallet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but we have you know like we we've lost all those kind of small independent. So the protesting tends to be around you know, um, stopping these chain places oh, from right. popping up. Actually, well, we did Lush. There was a place called Into, which is a shopping center in the UK. And Lush, who I do a podcast with in the UK, they do quite a lot of activism. I call them like ethical fight club because <laughs> they like make soap and bath bombs. But they also do, they did this whole thing about undercover police who d like started spy cops who started families with people that they were infiltrating and oh, stuff wow. like that. Oh, like, Jesus. So yeah, they, they, and they're like anti-animal testing and they do all this stuff to help refugees. And they got, um, when they had their spy cops campaign, they had all these big posters like kind of going, do you really trust the police in their stores? And then the, the shopping centers like tried to shut them down and the police, like the Metropolitan Police in the UK were like, this is outrageous, you're undermining us. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow. this goes on, we've, you know, we were behind uncovering this campaign. So the shopping centers then tried to shut them down. So there were two sides. There were people who were protesting saying this is bad for the, for the police in the UK. And then there were people, sort of the activists on the side of Lush kind of going, they're just saying this. And also shopping centers going, we can't have that display in our shop because it's a political statement. And you're like, you sell newspapers. Right. right. You sell newspapers. You can't say that you have no political affiliations. Right. Yeah, absolutely. In your shopping center, so you're going to start restricting what people can and can't sell and right. display. So right. that was that was an example of that kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah political you know crossover where the lines become blurred. I think also in the UK the appetite for like the for Chick Fil A is a little bit different, right? Because there's already chicken shops. Like there's a culture of eating. We've got, in, yeah. like you have your chicken shops, and I think people. That's already, that's where they get their chicken. We have chicken shop date. We have a web series. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a chicken shop and, and, and chat. And also, the yeah. The one who hosts that is so funny. Uh, chicken Cottage we've, is a chain that we've got. Okay. We've also got Nando's. Well, Nando's, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we are, um, we, we got all of the Perry's. Yeah. So I guess for, if you want like hate-filled American chicken, it's like, mm, no, 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 we're good. <laughs> we have, we have <laughs> options beyond this. <laughs> They're like, because we don't even have peri-peri chicken here. Right. Uh, well, also as well, um, there's a thing, I was reading about this the other day with Brexit. There's a certain type of antibiotic that you're allowed to use in farms here mm. um, that I think will be affected by Brexit that at the moment farmers aren't using 
Um, but if Brexit happens and then we start getting into trouble with supply lines and everything else, that there's a yeah. possibility. I don't we'll know whether getting our infected cows. <laughs> we'll start and, getting yeah. yeah, yeah, antibiotic filled chicken. Uh, yeah, and then the superbugs come for us all. Hey, yeah. love a superbug. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite super Marvel bug movies. Sunday. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, let's check in with the whistleblower scandal. Okay. And impeachment, the impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times did a poll of swing state voters and found that there's narrow support for the impeachment inquiry, but narrow opposition to impeachment and removal. Uh, so basically, they think that they should look into it, but as of yet, the fact that he has admitted to the thing they're looking into is not enough to remove him. Mm. So they're just like looking for something worse, I guess. I think it's a lot of it too is waiting for more Republicans to say something out loud to signal to other people. It's like, wait, what about, it's okay. are people on my team also thinking it's bad? Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I part of this is what's the whole plan of the White House is just to make this process as long as possible. Right. And it's hard. I mean, you could get momentum building at a feverish pace. Yeah. Or if you stall out, then it becomes like very pronounced in maybe these first three weeks. Yeah. And who knows what it looks like down the road. But this week, we've got some people step into the mic uh, to testify more. So, But like, what are they going to tell us? I mean, that's the thing. It's a two-part strategy. One is to stretch it out. And two is to have admitted to it right away and just be yeah. like, yeah, that's what we did but it's not that big a deal. I think this is why with as they get more testimony and that's why they have these closed door test hearings is yeah. to basically they're playing uno, you know right. what I mean? They don't want you to know what cards they have till it's too late and mm. they just clean you out. But I don't know if that's even going to be possible because the Democrats can fuck it up. Yeah. But uh this week Bill Taylor who is I think is his name Ta Ambassador Taylor, the one in the text message thread who is the one who said I think it's absurd <laughs> right. to I hold think... up aid for a political purpose. Yeah. That guy will be testifying this week. Interesting. So, I'm so sure he'll be... have a very interesting perspective on how he sees everything completely being yeah. bonkers. I mean, I do think the message they need to try and kind of keep hammering uh, the Democrats is just that this scandal is about him cheating in the 2020 election. Like, I think it's too easy for people to sit back and be like, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out during the election because this, that's what it shouldn't be that that is like a release valve, the election that should be seen as like a deadline by which point we need to have this, Adjudicated, right? Because otherwise, we're going to have an unfair election. Well, it, it, but you know, I think the good thing is that as more there things are still coming out, like we're seeing, like Lev Parnas or whatever, the one of those Russian guys that Giuliani piled around with, like he can he was considered to be part of Trump's legal team, maybe informally. Hmm. Like he was at a victory dinner after the like the Mueller report with uh, Jay Sekulow and Rudy Giuliani and then like one of the other guys has a handwritten note or like a note from Trump saying like it's he's a great friend so I don't know and then there's a lot of connections obviously to Russia with these two men but you know it gets it gets thicker and murkier by the day yeah so what what happened over the weekend on on Fox mm -hmm. with Senate Republicans well so again uh Mick Mulvaney on Thursday basically came out and said yeah I we quit pro quo the fuck out of this Ukraine thing. Right. It happens all the time. 
Right. You know? And everyone was like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. You just said this out loud. Right. Um, and then, the, like, hours later, I think because he realized he had said it out loud, he tried to put a statement that completely obscured what he said. It's like, that's actually not what I said, even right. though that's what the sentiment I was agreeing to. And I'm unquid pro quoing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh, actually sans quid, sans quo. I mean, nobody quomo. has had as much of an out as he did like and a journalist raised his hand and was like you just described, described correct quid, quid pro quo yes that's yes? right we do it all the time right um and so it's been a really tough thing to defend because his he he said it there's right. no way to really spin that any other way but they tried mm. uh so jim jordan oh the ohio state uh wrestling coach mm. or you know whatever he's from ohio big Tea Party <laughs> uh, man about destroying uh, democracy. He was on Janine Pirro. Man about show. destroying town. <laughs> um, yeah. He was on Janine Pirro, and she tried to sort of give him an opportunity to be like, yeah, and, and, and Mick Mulvaney stuff, that's a big nothing burger, huh? Oh, man. It's like I said, it's hard to defend something when the person right. said it out loud. And this defense is something else. Ask one more thing. What, what, what about uh, Mick Mulvaney? I mean, what, what's going to come of all that, uh, Jim? Well, I mean, Mick, Mick, Mick cleared up the, uh, his, uh, his uh, statement. He had a, a, you know, another statement that he made later in the day. I, I think, look, everything we have heard the, through the testimony we've heard, there has never been anyone who said that there's always never been a linkage between what? any military assistance and <laughs> any type of activity on investigation. That has been clear throughout. That's not clear at all. Wait, it's been clear that it has what he, the opposite is. Yeah. So again, I think that's why he had well, he didn't know what to do because on its face, it's everything. The facts just betray that sentiment. Right. Uh, so then uh, the circus continued. You had Mike Pompeo who went on George Stephanopoulos's show, and he was just he didn't. I, I don't even know what to say. He was basically. Fate, he he was presented the things that Mick Mulvaney said and tried to spin his way out of it and yeah. really could not. So right. do you agree then with Senator McKessie that it would have been inappropriate to withhold the military aid uh, unless this political investigation was pursued? George, it, I'm, I'm telling you what I was involved with. I'm telling you what um, I saw transpiring <laughs> and how President Trump uh, was working to make the evaluation about whether it was appropriate to provide this assistance. But that's what I'm what I'm asking is, would it be appropriate to condition that? Yeah, George, I'm, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals and secondary things based George. on someone what someone else has said. George, you would have never done it when you were the spokesman. I'm not going to well, do it here today. Except it's not a hypothetical. We saw the chief of staff. The it, it is, George. Staff you right just there. said if it, you, George, you just said if this happened, that is by definition a hypothetical. The chief of staff said it did. Georgia, you asked me if this happened. It's a hypothetical. See, oh, a that one. was a real pause. A real pause. <laughs> I saw the process related to this. Yeah, you cut that off. I mean, look, again, he's saying it's not a hypothetical. He said it, and he's, and again, I think this is the only way they can do it. They have to just narrowly argue some point that is completely different than the, the larger issue. Right. What you're saying is a hypothetical. We're not here to debate the definition of a, a hypothetical. Right. Thank you, though, because he said it. It is no longer a hypothetical. He said that's what it was. And again, I just want to circle back because who better to defend himself than Mick Mulvaney? Uh, because as if he couldn't dig his holes deeper, he fucking he kicks off his interview with Chris Wallace on Fox on Fox. Credit to right. Chris Wallace. He's starting to have had it with all the bullshit because he's you know, he's he's actually doing this really great thing where 
he'll he'll have them just do their lie or whatever. And he'll be like, what about this? They'll lie. And he says, okay, I'd like to show you this. What, right. do you, what about that? They'll lie. Okay, I'd like to show. And right. just like deep it, or dig deeper and deeper. So this is when he goes on Chris Wallace's show. And this is one of his first appearances since admitting to it in the White House briefing. Right. Uh, and he kicks it off with just, you know, master uh, master of rhetoric, this man. Joining us now for an exclusive interview, White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney. Mick, welcome back to Fox News Sunday. Good morning. Yeah, I flinched a little bit because that's what people are saying that I said, but I, I didn't say that. But I'm looking forward to the conversation. All right. Let's have the conversation. Yeah. Why? Here's my first question. Why did you say in that briefing that President Trump had ordered a quid pro, cro, quid pro quo that <laughs> investigating <laughs> the Democrats, that, that you said aid to different. Ukraine depended on investigating the Democrats. Why'd you say that? Again, that's not what I said. That's what people said that I said. Here's what I said. I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, and hopefully people will listen this time. There were two reasons mm. that we held up the aid. Okay, you can cut it off. Um, that's, that's not what I said. That's what people are saying that I said. So right. I'll say it here again. No one is, again. Your ears are lying. Yeah. Right. And this is where we are, right? I think this is sort of the, 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 this is where we're being pulled into, where you have the foot soldiers of the administration out here sort of trying to publicly agree with this, like, Trump-created narrative of what is actually happening. And the truth that the president has is now the one that they all have to go out with and try and argue. But this is just so difficult. He's trying to gaslight them all into yeah. saying... That's not what I said Absolutely. Right. when there's empirical evidence to show. So and then as the interview goes on, clearly Mick Mulvaney is having trouble just defending himself. Uh, Chris Wallace effectively corners him again. And you'll see Mulvaney just, uh, you know, wriggle and wiggle his way out. Did you say that investigating the Democrats was one of the three conditions, not two, that you had just said that you had talked about? Investigating the Democrats was part of the quid pro quo. You also said... If I may, it was part of the Justice Department investigation into the origins of the Russia probe. But the fact is, not only did the press think you said it, here's what uh, a statement that was put out by a senior Justice Department official. If the White House was withholding aid in regards to the cooperation of any investigation of the Department of Justice, that is news to us. Everybody thinks that that's what you said, and you didn't. You said right there. Right. Three points, not two. Well, and a couple of different things. You, again, said just a few seconds ago that I said there was a quid pro quo. Never use that language, because there, there is not a quid pro quo. You, but you were asked I, by Jonathan Carl, is that you've described a quid pro quo, and you said that happens all the well, time. And, and reporters will use their language all the time. So if my language never said mm. quid pro quo. But let's get to the, to the heart okay. of the matter. Go back what? and look at that list. <laughs> they will use their, yeah, English? Right. What, are <laughs> we, what, what does that mean? Right. I guess, but, you know, I think his point is for, for the Fox, you know, uh, cave dwellers that are fucking watching. Right. They use their language, which is the language of the liberal media elite uh, trying to make us look bad, even though the, a point was made very clearly by this journalist and I agreed with it. Right. So, you know, I think this is kind of where we're seeing now because when you, there's a new poll that came out that Republicans that actually watch Fox News uh, as their primary news source uh, 98% of them oppose impeachment and removing Trump. Right. That's so like, and then I guess if you're a, a non-Fox watching conservative or you watch other forms of media, you're only 90% opposed. Right. So it's odd to see the people who are fully bought in on Fox, like it's, we're truly at that thing where he was like, yeah, I could shoot a guy. In fifth, like it's, yeah. it's true. He can shoot somebody. They don't give a fuck. And also 99% of evangelical Christians, there's, there ain't shit Trump could do that could get them to not support him. Yeah. So, yeah, these are kind of all the 
the forces at work. But again, that's a small base. Like even if with those people, that's not enough to reelect him. That's where you kind of got to start looking at what the billionaires do. Right. Because if it's either Bernie or Warren, I wonder if their support would change either because those people are existential threats to their wealth. Right. So. Yeah. Let's talk about Mitt Romney. Killer. Mitt Romney. (laughs) Moves in silence. Real G's like Mitt Romney (laughs) move in silence like Like lasagna. Uh, He, he. Okay, I just want to say shout out to Ashley Feinberg on Slate. Yeah. Because she, this is this story is about Mitt Romney having a burner Twitter account to lurk on Twitter. Uh, she also found that Jim Comey had one too a few years ago also. So she's she's got a she's got a knack for finding these burner accounts. But it all came out of an interview that Romney did in The Atlantic um, when he was asked about this uh, Trump tweet where he attached a hashtag impeach Mitt Romney. And... Uh, uh, Romney responding goes, yeah, he's like, yeah, I look out of it. I look at Twitter. That's kind of what he does. But then he says, quote, what what do they call me? Uh, a lurker? He said, yeah. <laughs> so apparently that tipped people off of being like, wait, so if he's lurking, is he doing stuff with this other account? And it turns out he has an online persona, Pierre Delecto. Mm. <laughs> uh, where he goes is there a on, Pepe Frog picture? No, it's a blank. It's just an egg, egg avatar. Like you, you have no avatar. An egg, the, yeah. The egg hatches always hatches into a troll, though. Exactly. <laughs> it's right. an egg before it hatches right. into a full. So troll. he's a he is like. Well, it's funny because when you look at what he does on the account, it's not. You'd wish there were some hot takes in it, but it's really just sort of even-handed, like. I, I disagree with the president on this. Or right. like, you should read all the facts. What else could the Senate have done in this situation? It's like right. really- Mitt Romney's version of hot takes. It's like, you know, mayonnaise is too spicy for Mitt Romney. Right. Like that's his version <laughs> of hot food. Oh, is, my stomach is just uh, in knots. I don't use black pepper either. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, and then the best part was uh, a few journalists were like, is this your account? His response, says moi. Yeah. What a fucking way to admit, like using, he's a, just, he's just a Frank banging a bit of French. Yeah. 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 You know, Pierre like Delecto. Piggy would have. Yeah. C'est <laughs> moi. <laughs> uh, so he's, uh, you know, again, I, th- this is just funny to watch how this is sort of part and parcel of this thing where I'm curious to know where the upstanding people are in the military, in the Republican party who aren't willing to say the right thing out loud at right. the right time. Right. Not on a burner account. You Not mean? on a burner account. You know, there was a Republican uh, like Pat Rooney in Florida on Friday. He was like, you know what? I'm actually open to possibly thinking about impeachment. And I was like, oh, my God, really? Then Saturday, he says, I will be retiring. Oh, shit. So there's too many people on the sidelines right now right. who are are saying the right thing that have. I mean, it has a little bit of impact. Yeah. But not as much as someone who is working right now in the administration or in the Pentagon. I mean, now you're starting to see more military people like grumble a little bit out loud. Mad right. dog. Uh, yeah. But again, for him, it happened once he left. Right. You know, and, and even with General uh, William McRaven, he wrote an op-ed. I mean, I'm not going to really ding him for that. But again, you see a lot of takes that are coming once they leave. And I understand the military is all about being subordinate. And you don't want to speak out of turn. But at the same time, I believe that being a patriot, right, if you're in this very idealized view of it, is about making sacrifices for the good of the country if you are in a position to do that. Um, And there are moments where you think, like, maybe they're they're just waiting for something, but you'd wish— there are there we will see more conviction coming out of the the right at some point. 
But it's tough when you have most people just staying silent on the issue to avoid trying to outwardly defend it or, you know, fully buying into the gaslighting campaign. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is also a good indication of just how much Trump has taken over the Republican Party. Like they, it's like full buy-in. They are, their entire existence basically depends on Trump maintaining. Because I mean, like once the jig is up and everybody's like, yeah, that was a corrupt, hateful like agenda that you guys were going along with there for a while like where do they go from there so i feel like it just kind of yeah I mean, they'll probably just ignore it and pretend it never happened what would but. like a crisis pr person tell the republicans like post trump it's like okay so how are we going to rehabilitate your right. fucked image after that one yeah huh? i mean we already saw they were like okay we have to like in 2012 after the romney loss there was a pr uh like all points memo. I think it was actually written by a re- just a Republican who was like, we need to shift towards strategically like being more moderate and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the things that would actually make sense with our shifting demographics. And uh, they went the other way. Is there someone across like them having extra accounts or who they follow and stuff like with the Giuliani group of like hit the, all of those f- accounts that he's following? The conspiracy theory accounts and stuff. Right. Is there what? Is there like a, is there someone who's across that who holds them to account for it? I mean, a lot or of are journalists. Are to just say their personal accounts and. Oh, you mean like saying, why do you follow these things? Yeah. I mean, Giuliani, obviously, like he follows a lot of interesting conspiracy, not in, the fucking just straight up conspiracy theorists and things right. like that. Yeah. Complete Fever disinformation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as, as far as we've seen, he is undeterred by anything. Uh, and I don't know if there really there's nothing illegal about it, but I think at a certain point what happens is it's saying like you're following this, and then they're going to say, oh right, because it's not the take of the liberal mainstream media that this is a conspiracy. It's just very disingenuous right. d- defenses of their where they're getting their information. Yeah, <laughs> the conspiracies are wild. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's yeah. that one that Hillary is some kind of Highlander that's killing off. Yeah, 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 killing off opponents. Yeah, she has like a list. absorbing their powers. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> lizard shapeshifter also. Right. Obama was a shapeshifter for sure. Oh, definitely reptilian shapeshifter. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died months ago. Yep. And is yeah. being literally and figuratively weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. yeah. Or Dave. Bernie'd. However Bernie'd. you want to look at it, maybe as a body. Oh, double. right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretending to be. Can you imagine getting that gig? Where it's like, look, Ruth you got to be a Ginsburg's body double body. for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, <laughs> right. I'm old. I know I look like I don't know anything about the law. Okay, just fucking wing it, okay? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Say you lost your voice. Oh, I lost my voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, the box office over the weekend. So uh, I think number one was Maleficent. Number two, The Joker. Mm. Uh, both movies that did like the standard split right now is like sixty percent to seventy percent of your box office is overseas, uh, foreign, you know, box office, and then thirty to less than thirty percent is made domestically in America. Uh, but I noticed Zombieland 2 came out and its domestic versus international split was like the opposite, basically. It's 
international was in the 20s mm. um and so that that made me wonder i went back and looked at the original zombie land and it was also a similar split um world war z had more of a traditional split uh which makes sense because it was more of like a international disaster movie than what we think of as zombie movie with brad pitt right with brad pitt um but it, it basically seems like there's like fast moving zombies which are actually formidable like monsters in monster movies uh are popular everywhere like a normal disaster movie or a horror movie but like the slow moving, like groaning zombies that right. we like are familiar with that are like the stereotypical zombies, like nobody likes them anywhere except America. They like don't play anywhere else. I th- Let me zoom out real quick. I think that's sort of like the take of American history, right? It's right. like beating up on slow moving, weaker creatures right. yeah. and then flexing, being like, yo, you saw that shit I did? I just bombed the right. fuck out of these kids Yeah, or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I think there is... Like weakness, like, oh, that's sport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I want to feel super powerful. And I think maybe that's the difference is like, no, that's an opponent. These fast fucking freak track stars. Right. Not like the uh, like inanimate (laughs) objects you can just beat the shit out of. I don't know. I think there's something. There's got to be something about the Shaun of the Dead were in it a little bit. Shaun of the Uh, Dead, uh, I think, was more of an even split, even though it was made in England by British it kind of really, and... yeah, but it kind of really mocked the idea of how slow they were oh, right. and yeah. inventive yeah, yeah. in the way they're killing them with throwing the records and going through them, and right. it, which yeah, yeah. you know, because it was it was they crazy. were so slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, I think that's a good. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of the best zombie films, but yeah, oh, because of its like sort of sober eyed, the definitive zombie of, movie. like yeah, how those monsters quote unquote move. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, and we, we've talked before about how inherently political it is if you look at the breakdown of zombie movies versus vampire movies uh, that are being made in America. Um, zombie movies tend to be made more when Republicans are in office and oh, right. uh, vampire movies more when Democrats are in office, and it's because uh, the theory goes that vampires are sort of represent the right wing's fear about the left that there's like these kind of European sexually ambiguous thin (laughs) fancy pale uh, monsters that are like trying to seduce you and then you know with their socialism right with their socialism (laughs) uh, never come out during the daylight and just up all night and then zombies are you know represent the democrats fears of republicans that it's like the groaning hordes the you know dumb slow moving crowds right. like a a theme park on a sunny day or a crowded walmart like that's the liberals greatest fear do zombies tries zombie... to eat your brains literally the <laughs> thing you think with do zombie movies resonate with you at all tiff yeah i like a zombie movie I love do you shoot. like fast or you like slow um, I like all of them. Oh, so you just uh, yeah, you're fully yeah. bought in for I, the zombie. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of all of them. I really enjoyed the Santa Clarita diet as well, which has since yeah, been cancelled. Right. I thought that was a real fun kind of. Were they take zombies on that. in that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's. Yeah. Well, it was. Well, she kind just of, has. She has it. Kind of like a zombie, right? Yeah. Her well, thirst she's, for flesh. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. She's. She's. Yeah. But she's more compass mentis. Mm, like right. it's some kind of curse, but it's a zombie esque. Right. Like you know. So Interesting. Just a cannibal, cannibal zombie kind of thing, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe with Brexit, we're going to lose out on the vampire films because, they're, you know. Right. right. Dracula's like, 
Eastern European. Yeah. Well, but I wonder how much the fear of the EU is what fuels vampires. Like <laughs> fear of the influence of outside countries. Continental <laughs> vampires. Yeah, exactly. I like. Vampires I do. I do like. I do like the idea of the socialist vampires. Yeah. yeah. Wearing a cape saying "No billionaires" on it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like he has a fancy accent. Yeah. And he but says when you look at from. their box office. Hey guys, what about more blood blanks where we all share the blood? <laughs> oh. Right. Everyone get the equal share. <laughs> of blood i like this guy yeah. <laughs> this guy knows how to party uh when you look at vampire movies the split is generally like in keeping with international box office trends but zombies are just all american the all-american zombie movie. Well, which yeah. are the fast zombies then because i think i've only ever seen even World the War walking Z, dead uh, 28 days later 28 days later oh, yeah. and, which is uh, one of the best i really love resident evil. dawn of the dead Resident Evil are speedy yeah. ones, aren't they? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, Dead is slow mo. I am Legend. They're quick. Right. Yeah. Real quick. They didn't even count that as a zombie movie. Oh, really? Box office mojo. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just about, you know, America likes to beat up the weak. Yeah. I, so, I really like that theory that I'm it's serious. just like everyone else is like, why would you create a movie about like horror movie logic on easy mode? Because yeah, you get to like, beat the fuck out of yeah, them. Yeah, dude, you just get to mow to people fuck down. Them up, dude, it's yeah. sick. And there's huh. no risk to me. I'll right. fucking fight the weak. Yeah. So where does the purge sit in all of this? Yeah. Purge is this, I think, uh, just a, another American fantasy. But I, I, I feel like it, you're right that it probably is playing with the same themes, right? That yeah. like the outside masses are going to come for you, but it also appeals to probably the people who are more like, disempowered. Right. And yeah. also like with zombie movies, I feel like it's just like, you know, people shoot a bunch. I mean, of I would love a zombie film where, first of all, that we represent the zombies as being a little more intelligent, cultured. Right. You know, why don't, what, what, isn't there zombie culture? I feel like I want to see that movie. Yeah. Where they're very, like, they're very, they're like, okay, let's plan what we're going to do. Let's just not just stumble up to the house. Right. You know, let's, maybe we can reason with them, maybe not. I yeah. Don't know. And, and, and maybe, take. maybe, maybe bring some snacks. Yeah. A little bit of a dinner party. Yeah, exactly. Kind it, of. It's like, we don't know what they've been eating. Their flesh might, might not taste good. Remember that other family we ate? Refined like, zombies. Yeah. Mm. Mm hmm. All right, that's free idea, Hollywood. There you go. Uh, let's talk about the Scorsese versus Marvel <laughs> thing uh, that is tearing the f film world apart. Has it? Th it's back again. I just remember that one line. It's still ongoing, huh? Right. People have it's ongoing thoughts. because uh, Francis Ford Coppola came in and upped the stakes. Okay. Uh, so started out. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week, so we'll just give the background. Um, Presumably because someone thought his new movie was about a zero superhero named Irishman. Uh, <laughs> he was asked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he said they're not cinema and more akin to theme parks. Uh, and that made the internet very mad. I don't know if he was intentionally trying to like provoke <laughs> film fans of modern day, but that couldn't have been better designed to just piss off a bunch of like basically everybody you see on the internet. Is he doing that thing where he's like sort of differentiating between movies and cinema? That's exactly what he's doing. Okay. So and yeah. the quote really isn't that bad. He says, I don't see the superhero movies. Uh, I tried 
you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. Under it the isn't, circumstances, it isn't the <laughs> cinema of human These beings poor actors. trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. So he's well, because they're fucking mutants, bro. Right? They're not human. Fuck, Martin. Right. But it is pretty. I mean, you can. It, it's so came in more harsh though, didn't he? Yeah. Coppola yeah. came in and just said Coppola even... came in and said he thinks that uh superhero movies are despicable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Despicable. Despicable. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, there's a difference, isn't there, between going, it's different to what I do and it shouldn't exist. Right. Despicable yeah. is something you go, this shouldn't exist. This is despicable. Right, right, right. right. Like, racism is despicable. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? like, someone making a super. Oh, that's fucking. Ugh. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd prefer. I'd wish racism existed longer than super. Right. If I had to pick one to get rid of, superhero movies. Yeah. Despicable. I get, honestly, I can take this criticism coming from Scorsese because he's so rigorous when it comes to like his vision for what cinema does sure but Francis Ford Coppola made Jack the Robin Williams movie about <laughs> uh, a, a child who ages too fast like he's yeah. he's not like batting a thousand tell me more like. about <laughs> cinema, Mr. cinema Mr. Coppola yeah I mean but oh also um, Bram Stoker's Dracula speaking of Dracula yeah. that's Coppola yeah. as well yeah. also was... very popular uh, everywhere <laughs> so um but it also, I mean, I, I feel like the 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 movies are big enough and bad enough to take any criticism. Right? Yeah. But well, it's just sort of mad to say something shouldn't exist or that you, to narrow. I always feel like that, that kind of like narrowing of what art is or what filmmaking is or what, you know, you can say, this is what I believe it is, but you can't speak for a whole genre, can you? No. Right. Well, it's one of those things that's happening in every art form right yeah. everything's becoming either democratized more so anybody can do it or like it's just things are changing a little bit yeah. the tastes are changing and I, I get what it's like someone being like you know a, a very technical mc like fucking royce the five nine or someone right. having a take on yeah. these soundcloud rappers who are right. like these are not bars right these are not really well-written raps this is like swag rapper this is like a different thing and you see that in hip-hop because it's sort of like no what we do is rap yeah. That's some other shit. But again, it it's it's coming from this generational thing of like, I don't know why what these young kids are into this now. So right. can, for example, who who won't consider Netflix films or anything like that or right. streamer films right. for the festival because it has to have had a cinematic right. or theatrical release, release right. right? But you have to look at the industry and how it's changing and stuff, yeah. you know, and kind of go, oh, does that mean that this, because it's so difficult to get a film into, it's all about connections again, isn't it? Yeah. It's about closing the this kind of closed shop mentality. I don't want to say jobs for the boys, but also there is a bit of a thing of kind of like, yeah. this is the way we do it. This is the way it's always been done and there's no yeah. room for you in here. Right, exactly. I mean, And if you want to do it, do it our way. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the movie Gemini Man is actually, it's in the top five, I think, for the weekend at the box office, even though it's coming out as a streaming movie. Uh, and it's also, you know, popular everywhere because I think a younger version of Will Smith is a is a villain that we can all be afraid of, right? <laughs> De-aged Will Smith, that's terrifying. Yeah, they say that movie Gemini Man is losing maybe 75 million? Well, that's, but that's assuming, oh, I guess, yeah. I mean, because, that, but that's not like, it's not a real? Netflix movie, isn't it? Right. Yeah, but it's also in theaters also. There's a right. theatrical release and it only made 20 million domestically. 
over the weekend. Right. But yeah. again, you know, it's 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 a different game. They're I've playing. said this before, but Netflix should open cinemas. Right. They should add like another uh, a a like a kind of bolt onto their subs- subscription that says if you got want to go watch our content, if you want that communal You're experience of seeing in. a film. Right. Yeah, you can join the Netflix Cinema Club and go go see their stuff there. Because mm. yeah. I, I know they're they're actually. I mean, it makes sense because they love debt. Right. <laughs> so like, let's just build some fucking theaters. Right. I mean, because like the whole plan behind spending that much on Gemini Man is that like it's going to bring in a certain number of people who will then yeah. subscribe. Right. Uh, and they're about to sell like two billion dollars worth of like junk bonds, basically. Are they to try and fund themselves again? So. You know, yeah. Hey, but um, people still people still have faith in that stock. Yeah, just keep just keep getting so big and so big. You don't know what to do. Well, they won't. They don't release the figures though, do they? For anything, so it's only when they want to. Right, because that Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston film was like had really. They said huge and did huge yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that was this year, right? So yeah. it's eligible for the Oscars that are. What <laughs> um, it'll have to play in a theater, I right? Think. That's true. So it, it isn't, and that's a loss for us all. I mean, a lot of people are saying it was. It's better than Roma, right? Yeah, yeah. It's this year's Roma. Um, <laughs> Wait, what was that movie it's, even called? It's last year's The Shape of Water. Right, right. Wasn't it <laughs> like was murder the... mystery or something? Yeah, I I watched it. Was it good? It's on a boat. It's on a boat. Just go it? with it is what it's, it's called. called just, just go with it. Yeah, nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was close with murder mystery. It well, it is a murder mystery. Oh, it's okay. a who done it on a boat? They they're going on their like ten year delayed honeymoon, and right. then uh, Adam Sandler's a cop who wants to be a detective but can never pass the detective's exam. Right. And then they meet a like a mysterious wealthy guy who invites them on a yacht. <laughs> right. And chaos ensues when the patriarch of the family winds up dead. But I feel like, so just going back to Scorsese and Coppola, I feel like Ah, they must think like uh, Spielberg like is just pure garbage, like all Spielberg, right? Because I mean- Because he's like dabbled with all kinds of streaming. I mean, he invented this type of movie with with, uh, that shark movie, uh, 1977. Swage. Yeah, Swage. Oh, Jaws, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Said it backwards. Yeah, and E.T. and stuff. He he did these kind of, I mean, you could view E.T. as kind of like a superhero-y kind of. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, under the Goonies. circumstances, okay, but <laughs> yeah. uh, Goonies was not Spielberg. I'm sorry. Oh no, it wasn't. It was, it was Chris Lucas, Columbus. Wasn't it? it was Chris Columbus. Yeah. Was it was it a Lucas? Why did I think Goonies? Oh no, actually, Chris Columbus wrote it. I, I don't. Oh, here we go. Goonies battle. It's not Spielberg. Is Goonies it? On, are. It is not Spielberg. But directed heavily, by Richard Donner. Heavily Donner. influenced by uh, Spielberg, I think. Yeah. Um. So. But they can't. They're mates, aren't they? I thought they really liked and respected. Maybe it's the amount of CGI, but right. then are they coming for Cameron for Avatar? Right. Well, and then the Irishman so, too has their. Oh, they the de aging. They have yeah. to de age. So look, everybody's got to dip their toe in the hey, CGI yeah. pool. I'm keen to see when this de aging technology will kick in for women, because I was yeah, like, right. women are going around getting plastic surgery to look younger in Hollywood, and the men are just being in school safety yeah. films. <laughs> <laughs> so like, save it, save it. We'll do it yeah, in yeah. post. Don't worry about yeah. it, man. You don't yeah. have to fuck with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you're going to see this in every genre, every f- medium. Like there were uh, panics about the future of music when recordings became a thing because people were like, well, nobody's going to go see live music then because they'll just like play it in their living room right. at parties. Uh, <laughs> have, which, like, in-home concerts. Right. So, I mean, no matter what, I, I, even before that writing music was considered like a real threat to the future of the art form, like writing down the notes because then you could like reproduce it and 
Uh, oh, interesting. It's like a piracy thing. Oh. So, yeah, no matter what, you're going to have silly. Uh, and maybe they're not silly. Maybe culture was at its best when we couldn't write music. Well, look, they're uh, just mad that people's palates are dumbed down because we've just sort of fed people this diet of really wholly unoriginal content. Right. And like it makes certain, I think for them, they're like, well, what about this? It's like, yeah, there's room for that. But right. honestly, this is what the, this is where the market is. But hasn't it always been? There hasn't that market always been there? And and actually, surely all this does is kind of shore up more support for their films, for people who don't want that. Or imagine this, a world where you could watch both and enjoy them for what Oh, come are. on. No, it's a binary. The fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out <laughs> of this studio. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> think about I mean, which which one's closest to the origin of cinema with that train coming towards the screen and everybody running out of the theater? Like, bang, that's like a theme park, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, more yeah. of a theme park attraction than cinema. So, uh, in your face, Scorsese. Yeah, actually, Scorsese's ruining cinema. Jack one, Scorsese zero. <laughs> oh, hold uh, on. Actually, if we can, can I make a critique? I mean, mm -hmm. I might want to be in a Scorsese film, so I shouldn't bother. Uh, but could there be a film where he doesn't have Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones <laughs> in oh, it, please? Like, I know. Because every... It's just a shadow. Man, 20 Feet from Stardom, though. That's a great part of that documentary that's where they the talk about... amazing. Yeah, yes. Give Me Shelter. The singer? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that, She actually. was pregnant. Was she? And they like called her up in the middle of the night. They're like, they they need you to sing right now. And she's God, the one who man. sings it. And they have her isolated track. And she's just leaving her soul like oh. on that tape. Oh, that's. I mean, full that circle. is what makes the song. Like, yeah. yeah, performance. That 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 brings full circle then, because isn't Dana? Is it Dana Love? No. Um, um, she's in Lethal Weapon. All of the Lethal Weapons. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So who sang the um the? She's in Twenty Feet from Stardom, and she she sang the Christmas. Mary Clayton. No. Is the one who sang. Um. Uh, Darlene, Love. Darlene Love. Darlene Love. Darlene Love. Darlene Love. So she's in Lethal Weapon, and she's also in Twenty Feet from Stardom. Who is she in Lethal Weapon? She's a. Uh, oh, uh, Danny Glover's wife. Well, yeah. How about that? <laughs> Goes on to become a romance novelist. Full circle. Uh, well, Tiff, it's been so fun having you on Thanks Daily Thanks for having Zeitgeist. me. Uh, where can people find you, follow you? Um, I am on Twitter, at Tiff Stevenson. I'm on Instagram. I'm working it out. I know it's what the kids use. You know, the GDP, NPA, nice. kids. GDP, dude. Yeah. Uh, so that's Tiff Stevenson comic. Also, I'm doing a show on Friday at the Improv, my hour show called Mother. Uh, in the, at the Hollywood Improv. So if you are, you know, this way, Los Angeles way, mm. um, and quite a few of the people who followed me after the last show are, please come see the show. Um, it's it's good. I hate, I'm, it's very British of me now, but I don't like saying I'm good. But it was the one of the best reviewed shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. So there you go. Face. Other Boom. people said it. Drop the fucking ball. <laughs> We'll, we'll add that uh, <laughs> extra bit of American shit talk on top of it. Uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. Uh, one from the producer of The Bugle, which is a show that I'm on, Chris Skinner. He did a great uh, tweet with a picture of Boris Johnson having sent a letter to the EU but refusing to sign it, like <laughs> the child that he is, because he said he would rather die in a ditch 
wow. than try and ask for another extension. So we're all busy looking in ditches. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Chris just put a photo of him up saying, tell me when the cocks go back because the clocks are due to go back. So, hey. uh, so a little bit of punny wordplay there, little which pun. I enjoyed. Little wordplay. Miles, where can people find you? And what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at boom, Miles boom. of Gray. Three tweets I like. First one, at uh, GoodBeanAlt. It says, if her most used emoji is, it's that smiley face that has like the big watery, like about to cry eyes. Yeah. I've got some bad news for you, bro. <laughs> uh, the next one, at Julian Popov. The year is 2192. Ah. The British Prime Minister visits Brussels to ask for an extension of the Brexit deadline. No one remembers where this tradition originated, but every year it attracts many tourists from all over the world. Uh, and last one from Ryan McKelly. Uh, boyfriend, babe, should I be Thor for Halloween? Girlfriend, how would you do that? Boyfriend, just like being jacked and sexy? Girlfriend, what about Thor, but like when he gets fat in Endgame? Oh, Boyfriend, geez. nothing. Oh. Girlfriend. You know, like in Endgame. <laughs> Boyfriend, nothing. Girlfriend, have you seen Endgame? <laughs> uh, some tweets I enjoyed. Paul F. Tompkins, I think every G7, G20 should be held on the moon. Ooh. Build a permanent station there. Make the world's leaders literally look at the world as one planet. Isn't that poetic? Aren't I a little poems boy? We all love me in my mind. <laughs> Uh, you can Oops. find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, <laughs> where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on. Miles, what's that going to be today? Okay, this song isn't out officially, but it was part of the BBC essential mix of the duo, the EDM duo tonight, okay? That is Scotland's Hudson Mohawk and Quebec's or I believe Montreal he's from Montreal right Montreal Quebec's Lunis um, and in this one okay they there's a lot of new music but there is specifically uh, this track Back to Basics that's by Hetty One featuring Skepta uh, and it is the Hudmo refix remix of this track and boy howdy is this a slapperino uh, yes it's just got great little like clunky Mario like sound keyboard and then trap drums it's just it's great and plus the little they're these MCs you know what I mean just shout out to London alright we're gonna ride out on that we will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast and we'll talk to you then bye Bring out the dots, get back to basics. If I get stopped, it's back to basic. Bad B, lost on my wipes and laces. Ting set, gun she can't be basic. Fez ask questions, I get evasive. That's no comment up in the station. Gang can't sleep on a violation. Swear, I'ma spend all my savings. Switch off my iPhone, back to basics. No, we ain't watching faces. Violate us, man, are catching cases. I was on the high road, armed and dangerous. Stepping in some runaway trainers. No introduction needed. Painting already know what my name is. And this year's only money I'm chasing. Don't let me spend all my savings. Do it for the course. Go play the Fluent with a ball, life is tough and you with a law. Seven dogs, no you ain't gonna talk.